Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Hey there, Kathy. Hey, Ross. Uh, How are the two of you adjusting to daylight saving time? We're adjusting quite well, Fletcher, and we're very proud of you for saying daylight saving time. It's everybody says daylight savings with the plural, which is incorrect. But, you know, it kind of makes sense that people would think that way. You're you're getting your savings, I guess, in, in daylight. I personally do. Sa- I know it's supposed to be daylight saving, but that sounds wrong to me. So I'm sticking with daylight savings and that people can sneer. Yeah, it seems a little harder to say. Yeah, savings rolls off the tongue much better, I think. It's It sure does. I, I just read an article from, I think, the 1960s. Uh, it, it was very short, but someone was complaining to his congressman. Uh, a farmer was complaining to he wanted to get rid of daylight daylight saving time because the extra hour of light was burning his crops, he said. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, today's word is jive. J-I-V-E. V V as in Victor. And I really appreciate in the email that you sent that uh, you were certain that I would be able to pronounce this word. I'm glad you (laughs) have that much faith in me, at least. Uh, But we're not talking about jive today because people commonly mispronounce it. We're talking about it for another reason. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what that is? Okay, it's, it's being misused many times by many people. This is a Forbes headline from a few years back, 2015. Limiting spending doesn't jive with Chris Christie's sports appetite. Okay, do we hear that? Limiting spending doesn't jive with Chris Christie's sports appetite. Now, is this correct? A correct usage of jive or not? I don't believe so. I believe that the word ought to be jibe. J- ding, J-I-B-E. Ding, ding, ding. Well yeah, done, Fletcher. And specifically J-I-B-E, right? Not G-I-B-E. Should be J- well, should be normally used J-I-B-E. Incidentally, I just found two weeks. This could be the, the fault of the transcriptors, but Senator Feinstein said it's, it's um, everything I've heard from this field doesn't jive with what you say. Another senator, John Tester, said this doesn't jive with I forget what else. The key thing is a lot of people say jive and a lot of people are using it wrongly. So let's jump in to, first of all, we've established that it ought to be jibe, J-I-B-E. Tell us what that means uh, and and where the phrase comes from when you say it correctly, jibe. It's actually American slang, jibe, J-I-B-E. I I mean, much like jive, J-I-V-E is is African-American slang. But J-I-B-E is uh, an old Americanism. It, uh, the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, is a little like meh about it, but um, it's, it was, began being used in the 1800s and it means to agree with. Something doesn't jibe with something. Can I add something in here? It's, Kathy said it's slang. It's really not slang anymore. It's entered into normal usage. Oh, no, no, I know that, but I'm saying it began as American slang. I was saying it was an Americanism. It wasn't like one of the old English words. Oh, yes. And that's where it gets confusing, because you've also got the word, as you said, G-I-B-E, which is an older word and a different word, even though it's pronounced the same. Yes, G-I-B-E can mean several things. It can mean um, taunting someone, jibing someone, which we I think we probably know. It can also refer... Um, 
to a nautical uh, term written J-Y-B-E. But then in English, in American English, you'd call that one J-I-B-E again. But the problem is, is you've got three words that are very similar that only differ by one letter. And that kind of mean, like, there's, a, there's like the thing that gets me when people use jive incorrectly. I mean, jive is like jive talking, telling me lies. And it's also, j- you know, a way of jazz music and jazz dancing. But some people say, well, using jive to mean jibe, i.e. go along with, makes sense. Because if you're talking about jazz or dancing, couldn't you argue that, that you're working in coordination? So it's jiving would make sense. So that's another reason I think you're seeing more and more usage of the word jive to mean jive. It, it seems, not only does it sound similar, it kind of makes sense in a way. You can, you can argue the point. I'm going to disagree with you, though, on a basic level. I mean, jive started out obviously meaning sort of kind of hip talk, etc. But then it quickly came to mean things that were untrue or pretentious or wrong. Jive talk in the sense of he's, he's talking jive, he's not speaking the truth. So in that sense, I think the disharmonious aspect tends to still reign in our heads. And that's why I think we should avoid using it when we mean something doesn't jibe with something else. I think we should probably stick to the two different distinctions and use them accordingly. I mean, jive talk does mean either jazz talk or now it more means talk that's just not great. Oh, I want to throw one thing yeah, out incidentally, a little factoid that I looked up. The first African-American dictionary, the first dictionary published by an African-American was uh, the Hepster's Dictionary, the language of jive, which uh, Cab Calloway had had done in 1939, which I thought was really interesting. And I love some of the words, hoochie coochie, erotic dance. I didn't realize, and muggles was a slang for marijuana. I do remember that one. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? Muggles. People used to always talk about muggles when I was a kid. Now, of course, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> it's a very no, but I didn't know thing. that it was uh, it was that old, you know, in that sense. I thought it was much newer. Yeah, I always wondered if J.K. Rowling knew the Muggles thing, and it was like a, a sort of wink for people that might know about it. Because I remember we thought it was the ultimate coolness when someone referred to Pot as Muggles. So I have a couple of questions. First of all, do you know around when Jive started creeping in to this phrase, when people started to say things aren't jiving um, do you do you happen to know about when that started to happen? No, but we can make a guess. Um, jive actually entered into English, into American English in the 20s and 30s. So my guess would be about the 50s. Jive got started getting into this doesn't jive with. Oh, it, I, OK, because I'm looking at right now. So the ver, it first appeared in 1928, a Louis Armstrong record, Don't Jive Me, the correct way. And it appeared in the same, it appeared in a novel. In the 20s, it also meant jazz. In the 30s, it meant to play or, or dance to jazz, uh, to jive music. And in the 30s, it was the slang. In the late 30s, it became associated with the slang. That's interesting. I'm getting right now, doesn't, I just typed in doesn't jive with. And on the engram, it it's slightly bumps up. Um, looks like it's the 1961 is really when the, when it really clicks. 67. I'm wondering if that's because people were using the word jive more often than like don't jive me the way you were saying Ross. I think you're right because so we you're have getting a, an increase of that already so then people start mistaking it because you're hearing the word jive more often and you think of it as jive then. No? I think it's very correct. It skyrockets 1971 it's just by let's see night 2000 
it is now at 10 times the uh, amount used that it was in 1961. Well, so here's here's what I wonder. It, it seems like these days, I mean, people don't use the term jive that often, but when you think about jive, it has kind of like a cool connotation now. Um, and so when you're saying something doesn't jive with something else, it's almost like you're saying it's not cool with it. Those things don't go together. And so it's it's not surprising to me now that people would say that. That's an interesting That's, an inter- that's very interesting. I, that makes now see that makes sense to me. I, I'm going to also interject. I just was looking. Uh, Miriam Webster um, has j- doesn't jive used incorrectly, uh, starting in the 40s. Their examples are all in the 40s. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which surprises me. I wouldn't have thought it, it, it was about because they they're saying it took about a little over 10 years before it started being used incorrectly. It, like it emerged in the late 20s, early 30s, and then by the 40s it was jive with. But your explanation is a very interesting one. It makes sense. The only thing I just still want to re-add, though, to the whole thing is that I don't think it's a good idea to use jive in that sense. And I found this one from a 1980 Daily News, a writer's writing in, quote, Can we take seriously a writer who refers to the welfare roles of this country and reports that everything a character has said jived with the facts? Such a person may be taken seriously only as a symptom of decay in our language. Now, the person who said this might be a little bit of a snoot, but it seems why open yourself up to people listening to you, listening to your mistakes? Why not say the word correctly or in general correctly and then leave it at that? I agree with you, Ross. The only thing I would add is that it is being incredible. I mean, I'm looking here right here at a list as a writer in the Washington Post, writer in the Chicago Tribune, Toronto Star. I mean, it, it's it's used all over the place now. And I, and, and it is not in dictionaries at the point. I think the OED does list it as jive, meaning jibe, actually. But they would, because it's an American, as far as they're concerned, it's an Americanism. Most of the American dictionaries do not. But I'm wondering, if, as its usage increases, if you're going to find it entered into the dictionaries, as we know, like when, you know, the increased usage, even if it's incorrect, they end up adding something. Because it's not based on right or wrong, it's based on usage. And if we will just sort of blur back over into that and it will be completely acceptable, I tend to suspect it will be. Of course, I think so. But I think right now we're here and now. And here and now there's still a a large number of people who don't think it's correct. And why open yourself up to someone not listening to your argument, but listening to your incorrect usage of a word? That's all I'm saying. Words change, of course. It's going to change eventually. But right now it's still generally seen as not correct using in that sense. I think it's reasonable to say that, but I also think that people don't really use the word jive anymore in in much of any context, uh, except for maybe this one. We don't we don't talk about people talking jive or uh, I, I mean, that what you mentioned a little bit ago, the quote from the guy in 1980, uh, I mean, certainly people were using the term jive then as as jive talking. Uh, the, we all remember the famous scene from Airplane where the two guys are talking jive and Barbara Billingsley comes up and, oh, and yeah. is able to communicate with them. Uh, but people don't use jive anymore for for almost anything except for this phrase. Actually, you're right in, in a funny way because you don't see it often just as jive. I'm just going to try something. I just want to add just as, as, a, as a for the heck of it. I'm going to just type into Google jive and go to news and see what comes up. Let me just see. Um, but no, that's an interesting point. Powerhouse jive, funny jive. Okay, Theresa May dancing. That was <laughs> jive is one way to put that. 
most of it is just as dancing. They're talking about dancing jive, salsa, samba, and jive. Yeah, it has a jive. very specific thing now with that. I just typed in yeah. several on the Google Ngram viewer. I typed in several usages of jive as that's jive talking, that's jive this and that, and there's virtually nothing. So I think Fletcher, you're Interesting. right on so that. So you're right, Fletcher. I want to go back just just a bit um, and talk about jibe again. And, and you mentioned that it was uh, English slang uh, or slang in English. I don't remember whether you said American slang or, or, or British slang. Uh, but back in, in the 1800s or maybe the 18th century. And I'm wondering if it... Uh, if it started because of its nautical connotations, I mean, we we certainly used used the sea a lot more back then. Um, do you have any idea why that's crept into the to the language as a slang term? Um, the OED thinks that it doesn't have anything to do with the sailing one. That it's actually because it's phonetically related, maybe, to the word chime, which I don't hear personally. I I I. I I don't understand that, but their their thought is it started out in the 1800s, and their thought is that the word jibe came from somehow chime, like you're chiming in. Like they have as one example, 1813 Sporting Mag, um, it curriculizes, yeah, great pronunciation, Kathy, or jibes in, but too well with the passing anecdotes of the day. Do you hear chime, you guys, both of you? I don't. Well, chime is an old, I looked it up too, and it's an old, it tends to be older English chiming in with something. I found it at one point with Dickens saying something chimed in with that. And it's, I don't see the chime sort of metamorphosizing into, into jibe at all, personally. I don't think it makes much sense. But that's what I, I saw the same thing you did in, in o, the OED. And I've seen several instances of chime, but I would never use it in a normal conversation. To be honest with you, I think it makes more sense that, as Fletcher said, that it would have it would have uh, spawned from the jibe spelled either J-I-B-E or G-Y-B-E, the sailing term. Because that means to shift from one side to the other. So, I mean, that could be sort of like you're, 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 you're going along with the wind. You're trying to, you know, you're, you're, you're moving down, you're, you're progressing. And maybe I, that to me makes a little more sense, actually. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. There's nothing in any of the etymologies that suggests that. But that doesn't mean it's not true. I think that's really interesting. Well, because also now it was because it came from a Dutch verb. And I'm thinking of New York. I mean, you know, Dutch settlements and New Jersey. I and mean, we all, we both know that. So I could see where the word would have entered into the language there. You know, it would have been used, as, as Fletcher said, there was a lot of sailing. There's a lot of Dutch people or those of Dutch extraction. And then I want, I, to me, that makes more sense than the chime issue. I, I mean, I know I'm disagreeing with the OED, but, but I will. <laughs> Can I change the uh, direction of something right now? I just checked. Jive talking, interestingly enough, is like virtually nothing in 1963. Jive talking shoots up by 1977, hits an all-time high in 1993, and then starts plummeting in the late 90s. So that's interesting. I'm just wondering if jive talking is pretty much out, like Fletcher was saying, you know, used in that sense and only used now with like that doesn't jive with. Because jive talking would be basically what we're talking about with jive in the old sense. And obviously it, it caught on with the Bee Gees with, what, what was the movie? Saturday Night Fever. Saturday yeah. Night Fever. Sure. Was it Saturday Night Fever? Jive talking. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Don't sing, please. Yeah. <laughs> <Spare> <laughs> <us>. <laughs> Don't hear me sing. Yeah. I'm a sister. I can say that. <laughs> with all your jive talking, 
Well, we've got another word uh, brought to us by a listener. Now, I really want to apologize to this listener because I didn't write down your name. Uh, I'm really bad about this. People bring up words to me a lot, and I'll write down the words, and I have a big, long list, but but then sometimes I don't quite write down their names. So uh, whoever you are, I, I really apologize. But this is very interesting. Um, uh, this person wants to know about the word primer uh, as opposed to primer. So primer, sort of like um, a, an ABC's book, uh, just just a, a, a little manual that teaches you the basics on something. And um, why, why is that word pronounced primer rather than primer? It seems to violate the rules of uh, what we expect in English. Um, and so I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. There's also something very interesting about this uh, th- uh, that I looked up, uh, and if you don't get to it, I certainly will. But but what do you guys have to say about that? Why primer? Well, actually, it was primer originally. Uh, primer is is a later uh, pronunciation. Originally, the, the short I was the original pronunciation of the word spelled P-R-I-M-E-R. Um, it came from the Latin. Um, uh, Ross, you, you speak Latin and I don't. This is an interesting problem because the Latin would have been pronounced uh, primarius with a pre a e sound. Uh, the long I, in, it would have been a long I, and the long I in Latin was pronounced E. So it'd be primarius or primarium. And it was initially a prayer book. It came into English via the Anglo Norman. Primer, P-R-I-M-E-R. And then the question that Fletcher just was asking is, why did pre become pre? And one probable answer is, as it came over, the in Latin, the, I'm going to get too technical, the Latin stress would be on the second syllable, primarius. And with that, in English, a lot of times when that seemed to have happened, the long E part became shortened to I, to a schwa sound. So it became Primer. That's one theory of it. But then, in the late nineteenth century, it became primer, and uh, which is which is when you really want to start screaming. But here is one guess: we have the you know the so-called magic e when there is a uh, vowel separated by one consonant with an e at the end. Usually, that becomes a long i or a long sound. So in English, the i is uh, i pronounced, so it becomes primer. That's one theory. The problem with all of these things, you can go back to etymologies and go, well, this, this is the reason, that's the reason. There are, there are all sorts of violations in English as well. That's probably the best guess. It came from Latin primer, shortened to primer. Then people said, oh, the, with, there's a constant in the middle, and we make it primer. And now, interestingly enough, apparently, because the British, the British are the ones that started with the primer, pronouncing it with the long I. Americans stuck with the primer, but both sides, both both Brits and Americans, will pronounce primer for undercoat of paint or, or, you know, in that sense, like you're priming, you know, you coat a primer on the walls. But primer, the book, we still would pronounce here primer, even though we're saying primer, but Brits are still saying primer instead of primer. Right. This is, exa- <laughs> this is exactly the thing that was so interesting and surprising to me because if you had asked me i would have absolutely said oh i'm sure it's a british thing more often to say primer that just that just feels more british i agree with you (laughs) but it's not i actually was at an auction in england for a book and they said primer 
and I did a double take because I thought of the paint. You know, like, what's paint doing at this book auction? I guess I'm just surprised that as much as language changes, and especially American English, I'm surprised we've stuck with primer here. Uh, I'm just, uh, it's, it's, I don't understand why we haven't switched to primer over, over the century, the decades and centuries. Or I would be surprised that we didn't change the spelling over time. Like, we yeah, make it that a would... double M. That would make sense too, right? But yeah, because yeah, that's I mean, because I mean, you hear primer and you think P R I M M E R. You do, like absolutely. hammer or stammer or you know summer. I know it's interesting too because it, primer was spelled P R Y M E R, and P R Y M A R in a lot of old manuscripts. The Y doesn't necessarily mean it'd be a long I though, because him was spelled H Y M often as well. But I don't. I have no idea why. There's no understanding of that. Yeah, so I definitely get now why it it started out as primer. Uh, everything you've said makes a lot of sense there. I guess I'm still just stuck on why it never changed. I have no idea, Fletcher. None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real way of knowing, but it's interesting. I will say when I hear people say primer, um, like on the radio or something, even though I... I say it, certainly, and even though I know that's correct, it feels a little um it feel it feels, you know, a little bit like um they're they're slightly full of themselves to say primer, even though I know a hundred percent that that's exactly right and, and that's what I say as well. But it just feels weird. It does. And, and the thing that gets me is what you noted. It, it, it feels very British. And I think a lot of times when we're using words to sound smarter, it's like we go back to like the discussion we had about foyer versus foyer or or trying to sound other than I guess it's like that old, like, you know, tough, rough and ready American, American, you'd say, you know, primer, but primer sounds like, hello, prima, you know? Yeah. It's odd. But why do we have that initial, why, I'm just wondering why we have that reaction. I think you're right that it feels, I mean, as we've said four times now, it feels more British. And when we try to sound a little more British, everybody thinks that we're trying to sound intellectual, uh, even though it just turns out it's not the case at all that it's more British. I think it's just one of those mysteries. Yeah. I mean, at least at least we've gotten uh, the answer to why it started that way. It's just it's just going to remain a mystery why it stayed that way. And we think it started that way. We don't really know. I mean, we don't even know that. We can't go back and tape record people and watch as the sounds change. Although, interestingly enough, purely by coincidence, I just remembered, I saw Primer in an Agatha Christie novel I was just reading last night. In this case, though, it was P-R-I-M-M-E-R, -M -M -E and she was talking about this old lady being more prim. More prim, sure. <laughs> but that was two M's, so that was easy to figure out how to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's why I go back to, I, I mean, given the pronunciation, you would think, I mean, I, I, I know there are words that are pronounced certain ways and they don't double the consonant, but you would think that over time it would have just been doubled. You would have had double M, and it would have been more prim or the book. There are some indications that primer was sometimes spelled P-R-Y or P-R-I-M-M-E-R. And uh -huh. it lost, so, I mean, it gained an M and then lost an M sometimes 
in various uh, English pronunciations. I'm going to ask, a, I know a guy who is um, lexicographer of Middle English, and I intend to ask him and see what he thinks about this, and I may report back some interesting stuff next time. Do, I'm curious. Well, I at least want to say that it's still kind of exciting that there are mysteries like this in our language. Uh, it's kind of fun sometimes just not to know. That's what we should do, Russ. We should start calling ourselves word detectives and wear like trench coats and fedoras. I like Hammer. that idea. <laughs> the case of the missing M <laughs> or something. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. You can check out special artwork for this episode and every episode designed by Jordan Kirtley at our website, KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's newest book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They've got another book coming up later this year, and they're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetrus.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and one more thing. You heard Ross mention Cab Calloway's Hepster's Dictionary, a sort of compendium of the various jive slang going around in the late 30s, which also apparently became the official reference book of jive language at the New York Public Library. Well, I couldn't find the full thing on the internet. It's probably out there. I just couldn't seem to find it. But I did find a number of websites, including McSweeney's, that had a variety of the entries from the dictionary, so I thought we'd take a look at some of my favorites. A lot of them seem to deal with beautiful or not-so-beautiful women, but I think I'll leave those alone. Here are some others, though. To beat up the chops means to talk and also to be very talkative. A blip is something that's very good, as in that tune is a blip. If you bust your conk, you're working really hard at something. Your crumb crushers are your teeth. <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. Gabriels are trumpet players. Maybe that's obvious, but it's still pretty good. If you've got your boots on, that means you know what it's all about. You're hip to whatever it is. But if you've got your glasses on, that means you're being snobby and not recognizing your friends. An icky is someone who is definitely not hip. A Jeff is an icky. And then I really like this one. A set of seven brights refers to a week of time. That's excellent. A ton of others are music-related, not surprisingly, but then it was also fun to see some that we still definitely use today. If you're beat, you're really exhausted. Cut rate refers to a thing or a person that's low or cheap. When you're having a ball, you're really enjoying yourself. And moo juice is, of course, milk. That Cab Calloway, he was a real blip. <laughs>